I want to pray before I get started, and, but I wanted to intro this video that I'm going to show here in just a minute. So when I came up with the idea of showing this, it was before the tornado. And afterwards, I'm like, man, should I show this or not? Because it was pretty raw. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, yeah, I want you to show this. So I just prefaced the video. It, it's a little dark, but wait until the end because light is at the end of the tunnel. Right? Light's always at the end of the tunnel for, for those who put their trust in the Lord. So would you stand with me one more time? And how many of uh, you know somebody who was directly affected by the tornado? Yeah, look at the hands going up. And thankfully, within our church, we had a couple injuries, but nobody was severely hurt. They're probably going to have nightmares for a while because when you see something like that, and I know many of you saw it, um, you know, just keep leaning on the Lord. Just trust Him. Like these songs that we sang today talked about, just lean on the goodness of God. He's got this, right? But for those of you who know people who are directly affected, just be there for them as much as you can and pray for them, continue to pray for them. And our hearts go out to the families that lost loved ones. I know at least two people uh, died in the tornado and uh, hopefully that number doesn't go up but our prayers are with those families amen? amen would you pray with me heavenly father we stand together again today as the people of the hope lord we would be without anything today without you you have given us the strength to get through this weekend. You have given us the courage to stand up and to be a voice, Lord, in this dark time. We've been out there. We've been working with the people. We've been uh, trying to help with meals and all the other things that are going on. Our fellow churches, Lord, have been out there delivering and doing what the church of Christ should do. Lord, we pray today for those who are directly affected by the tornado. We lift them up to, to heaven today, and we just pray, Lord, you would bring them comfort, hope. Lord, that you would encourage them and give them the courage to walk through this. There is going to be an end to this season. And Lord, we just ask right now that those who lost loved ones, that you would comfort them in this time of grief. And Lord, it's just beautiful to see our town rally. And not just our town. I saw people from Traverse City and Cadillac and elsewhere that came over to help, Lord. People love each other. We, we saw that this weekend. And Lord, I, I believe it's going to continue. We're not done. We've got so far to go. It's going to be days before we recover, even weeks, Lord, if not months. And in the meantime, just help those who are directing all of this our leadership, Lord, just help them to know what to do and when to do it. Keep people safe, especially around the, the power lines that are down and all the other things. And Lord, in the end, we give you all the glory and all the praise for everything that's being accomplished for your kingdom. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, if you would, um, we're going to show this video and I'll be back.
So you can see why I've questioned. <laughs> it's like, Lord, really? We just went through a tornado. And the Lord said, look, this is when people need to really realize who I am. I'm with you. Always. There might be somebody here today, maybe watching online, and I know a lot of people are missing. I'm, I'm hoping many of them are out helping. But if you're at home, this pertains to you just as well as it does to the people here. You might be saying, my life sucks. I live in darkness every day, and, and I don't know if that's you. But I know there are some who would tell me that if they were honest. Guess what? That means you are primed for a miracle. Your God moves best in the midst of trouble. That's when we see Him. It's, it's when we end up behind bars. And hopefully none of you end up there. But in that moment when you realize you're not going anywhere, you made some choices that put you in the wrong place, that's when you lean in on Him. You may be here today and you may say, you know what? My life never goes right. It seems like everything I do, it backfires on me. And I'd say the same. Just trust in the Lord. Lean in on Him. Let Him do what He does best. He loves you. How many parents do we have? Grandparents. If your child hurts, what do you do? Isn't that when you... Just come alive with love and help and support. Right? How much more? Your Heavenly Father, when you're going through things on this planet, you do realize that nobody is guaranteed a perfect life. I talked about this a little bit last week. Nobody. Every person in this room will go through dark times. Seasons of your life that you're just going, why? Why? And that's when we have to lean on the Lord. I want to start today looking at Ecclesiastes. I'm going to read all eight verses out of chapter 3. And I'm, I'm not going to put the, uh, the whole thing up. I'm just going to read them. But I did want to say, I've titled this, A Broken and Contrite Heart. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace.
this, these eight verses really kind of wrap up the seasons of life. What you and I might end up going through as we are born and then finally the day that we're taken to our heavenly home, hopefully. And let me ask you today, what season are you in? Recently, I, I spoke to someone who they, they lost their husband, and now, if that weren't bad enough, now their parents are aging and needing their help. How many find yourself in that stage of life? What I've discovered is, as our parents age, they have been independent for all these years, and now you come along and say, well, Mom, Dad, you need to probably do this. How many know what they tell you? I've been living my life 80 years. Back off, Buster. What do you mean you want my keys? Meaning to their car. Right? Nobody warned me about this stage of life. This season when our parents have aged and they begin to need our help again. It's almost like the whole cycle has reversed. They took care of us. They changed our diapers when we were little. And now, it's the other way. It's a very difficult time. Maybe you've just gone through a divorce. There's a reason God hates divorce. It isn't just because He wants the man and the woman to remain married for their whole life. It's because of the aftershock. I have yet to see a split family that didn't have difficulties as a result. It tears hearts apart. Talk about a season of life. You live with someone for years and then you're all alone. The Bible teaches that there are many different seasons in this life, right? Some are good. Mary did a whole bunch of ladies yesterday. They, they lost electricity in town, so she brought them all out here and did their hair in the kitchen so that they could celebrate that wonderful day. We love it when people get married. It's a, it's a beautiful time. Or when we have babies. I mean, I see a bunch of them in your arms. Austin, look at that little guy. He is comfortable. <laughs> He's nesting right there, man. There are good times in this life. But there are also difficult times at best. And that's when our character is revealed. That's when God does His best work and where our faith is tested. I think this weekend was a good example. I didn't hear anybody saying, where was God? Rather, they were trying to minister to people like God would want them. That was awesome. I loved that. Seeing so many people come together and be Jesus with skin on. That's what the church should do, right? 
And it's during these times, these times of testing, that you and I need to keep our focus on Jesus. To keep our focus on His promises. And eventually, we will get through those difficult moments. Those difficult seasons. Eventually, we'll get the victory over whatever it is that we're facing on earth. We must never lose sight. Say this with me. That God loves you. That God is with you. And that God has prepared a place in heaven for you. I know that last one, it's kind of hard just to settle on that. But listen, if nothing else goes well in this life, you have eternity to be with God in glory. I hope that gives somebody some hope. If your life has been nothing but darkness up to this point, you have a place. Jesus has prepared it where you're going to live forever in the glory of God where the streets are gold. You're not going to have to worry about income, about food. Because God's got it all covered. No tears, no more pain. Hallelujah. No more death. And we're going to get to see a whole lot of folk that went on before us. Amen? This video that I just showed, and hopefully you see the reason for it, is that I just want everybody here to recognize there are going to be seasons of despair. And I'm not trying to be a doom and gloomer today. If I was, I'd just jump into the end times. But that's not what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to tell you is I believe that these seasons, whether good or bad, they're intended to develop yours and my character in Christ. It's how we handle these difficult occasions, these difficult times, where the world goes, wow, you guys are different. Because we're not whining and crying about what we just had happen to us. Instead, we're saying, you know what? God's got a plan. God loves me. God's with me. And my name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I know that when this heart gives out, I'm going to be with Him forever. That's good news. At least I think it is. It is if you put your trust in Jesus. Not everybody lives an uncluttered, perfect life. Right? Instead, many are dealt a raw hand and find themselves having to go through some of the things I've already mentioned. Divorce. Living with an alcoholic. Or someone that's Verbally or physically abusive. Oh, that's a joy. And I know some of you people have gone through that. Some of you, you either know or you yourself have personally contracted diseases like cancer, Lou Gehrig's disease, or dementia. Oh, that's, that's a killer. Because it, it, it's, it's a process and it seems like it takes years as you watch the person's Mental state decay. People lose their children and 
and adults to death. And it's in those moments of grief it may seem that God has abandoned you. But He has not. And as the video showed at the end, (laughs) God is always with us no matter the season of life. He's always with us. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I wanted to share the Scripture that they quoted. Hebrews 13, 5b. And then I'm going to share 6. For God has said, I will, let's read this, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? How many find that encouraging? All right. Three of you. Either the rest of you are too tired to clap <laughs> yesterday after we worked out in the in town I got back here and I took my shower before I went home because I had sap all over me and I realized I couldn't lift my hand up any higher than this and, and it wasn't a stroke it was my muscle just gave out from holding that chainsaw <laughs> and I was like <laughs> it was funny I don't feel much better today There's always light at the end of the tunnel if we don't give up. And we will be rewarded, like I said earlier. I love this. I share this one a lot at funerals. Because I want people to know the Lord has prepared a place for us. And Jesus said this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, come on, when everything is ready, I will come and get you. Has he come and got us yet? All right. So what does that mean? He's still working on it. So that you will be with me where I am. Some of the versions say that so that you will be with me forever. Either way, we're going to be with Jesus. It's His promise if you put your trust and faith in Him. If everything else fails in this life, one thing we can be assured is we will have a place in heaven. And that's good news. But some of you are going to be asked to go through horrific pain and suffering. But your God will be there with you. Walking beside you. He won't let you down. And as I look out across this audience, I see all kinds of pain that you folks... I know the pain that many of you have gone through. Some of you, I don't know your pain. But many of you, I do. You know, and... and Brother Bill, if I... I'm sorry to call you out, but... When Zachary went to be with the Lord... To lose your son, almost 16. To lose your son. And that man, at first, I don't think he knew what to do. But then you figured it out. I need to look up. And you did. And look at you now. You're still walking with the Lord all these years later. 
What, what? That was a tremendous, horrific period of time for you guys. And I, I didn't walk through it myself, but I walked through it with you. And brother, my heart breaks. Yeah. And I know if I asked you, you'd say it wasn't easy. And the only reason I got through it was because Jesus was there. Though it may seem like the Lord has abandoned you, it's in the worst moments of life that when you look up and cry out to Him, you realize His presence is with you. Your loving God sends ministering angels to watch over you. Scripture tells us we have guardian angels. How cool is that? And some of yeah. Brother Dave, they're probably tired. Yeah, yours probably are. As many of us are. And I know when we get to heaven, I don't know if the Lord's going to show us all the things that we avoided. Situations where we probably should have not made it, but we did because He turn something or change something or whatever. That's the kind of God we serve. No matter what season of life we find ourselves in, God loves us and He is with us. Hallelujah. I don't know what I did there, but let me, let me get down to where I'm at here. Hang on. Oh, that's where I'm going. Hang on. Sorry? I wanted to talk about somebody in the Bible. Is that okay? We do that once in a while. In the Old Testament, we read of uh, a young boy named David. I actually shared a little bit about him a few weeks back when he was fighting the, the big giant, Goliath. David went through some stuff, would you agree? How many of you fought a bear or a lion? No hands going up, I'm assuming that means not you. And he did that not just because he was into big time wrestling with wildlife, but because he was trying to protect his father's sheep, right? Life happens. Sometimes we got to act, we have to react, we have to protect. And that's what David was doing. And then God said, listen, I want you, Samuel, I want you to anoint this boy because he's going to take over where Saul left off. Because Saul was making wrong decisions, wrong choices. He claimed to be serving God. He claimed to be doing things the right way, but his heart was in the wrong place. And God had had enough. And he said, I'm going to send another whose heart is after mine. And his name was David. Now here's the thing. David was anointed to be king, right? When he was a boy. How many years was it before he became king? A lot. Over 20? If I have my math right or somewhere in that proximity. And in the meantime, here is this 
King Saul, who sees this boy as a threat to his kingdom, King Saul wants his boys to take over. Who wouldn't, right? You own a business, you want your family to run it when you're done. You don't want somebody else to come in and take it over. And that was the same situation here. And Saul refused to entertain the idea that David would take his throne. So, while David was in there singing and playing instruments for King Saul, what was King Saul doing? He was chucking spears at him. How many would enjoy if your boss did that? Probably not too many, right? And David, he didn't run. It blows me away. In this dark season of his life, he didn't run away. I would have run away. If my boss was throwing spears at me, I would have said, enough of this nonsense. I'm going to go find another line of work. But not David, because he knew God anointed him to be king. And not only that, he still had it in his heart that if God put Saul in that spot to begin with, he needed to honor him. And one of the things, and and I'm not getting into a lot of Scripture as far as all of this happening, but what I want you to see is this whole time as this king was chucking spears at him, he never spoke poorly of Saul. How many of us, if our boss started saying things or doing things toward us, man, we'd be giving him everything we could. Asterisk, exclamation. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I've heard some of you. When the Spirit wasn't with you, He's always with you, but when you didn't acknowledge Him. David never spoke poorly about his boss, King Saul. We can learn from that. Instead of railing on those who are in authority over us, if God put them there, we need to honor that position. You don't necessarily have to agree with the person, but you need to honor that position. And David did it right. That's why I believe, one of, that's one of the reasons I believe that God said David was a man after his own heart. Many of the Psalms, and I assume you know this, but many of the Psalms were written by David. Many of them were put to song, to music. They were sang so that people could remember them. But as you read through the Psalms, especially those that David wrote, what you discover is it's his heart cry. As he goes through the darkness, he's penning what he felt inside of himself. And it's great advice for you and me. Have a journal. Write down your thoughts. Pen how you feel. Pray, writing it down, what you ask for. And then listen for an answer. That's what David did. Often. And I wanted to read one of them for you. And this example is found in Psalm 142. And again, I'm I'm not going to put the whole thing up just the first. I cry out to the Lord, David said. I plead for the Lord's mercy. Does this sound like anybody else? Have you ever found yourself in this place? 
Excuse me just a moment. Relapse of last Sunday. Verse 2, I pour out my complaints before Him. Did you know God can handle your complaints? And I tell Him all my troubles. Wow, God doesn't want to hear all my woes. Yes, He does. And you'll feel better if you share them with Him. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. And that's the place you and I need to get to. That the Lord is your refuge. People, you're going to find people will let you down. Pastors will let you down. Right? But the Lord will never let you down. You are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. In verse 6, Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. And by the way, this can be anything. Whatever it is that you're facing... Maybe you're getting audited by the IRS. Maybe your income isn't providing for the outgo. Whatever it is, lean on the Lord. And verse 7, bring me out of prison so that I can thank you. And I I don't believe this is necessarily bars. Your prison can be anything. It can be taking care of aging parents. Listen, if you're watching your parents 24-7 and you can't move, you are in a prison. Amen? The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me, Lord. David knew what it meant to struggle. He went through many seasons of hardship. If you read his story, it's amazing the things that the Lord did through him. And his faithfulness. Did he he make mistakes? Did David make any mistakes? Yes. Made some big ones, didn't he? But he also did many things right. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been acknowledged as a man after God's own heart. Acts 13.22b, finally. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And that should be our prayer, that we will do whatever the Lord asks us to do. Though some would say that David had every right to be angry at God, and, and I agree. And perhaps... Maybe even getting to the point where he rejected the Lord. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been so angry with God you started to reject Him? Some of your heads are nodding. Thank you for being honest. But David, he kept looking up. He kept trusting his heavenly King. And I believe that 
one of the reasons that God said David had his heart was that he always went to the Lord, no matter how dark a season he was in. He never held a grudge toward God. He always realized that God had his back, and eventually he would be delivered from that circumstance. In another psalm, David said this, Psalm 51, You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken heart. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. What does it mean to be broken for the Lord? If you would picture a reed like that kind that you see in ponds. Have you ever grabbed hold of those things? They're strong. And it's not bending to the point of breaking. It's just the actual bending part. God wants us to bend toward Him. When we bend toward Him, in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we're in a good place. That's what it means to be broken before God. To bend toward Him, regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in. But whenever a man or woman chooses to break away from God, here's the thing. You know what God does? He's not up there going, Oh, I am the mighty smiter and I will smite thee now that you have broke away from me. No, when we choose to break away from God, you know what He does? He weeps, He waits until we get our senses back and like David, we cry out to Him. Mercy, Lord. Have mercy. I've gone astray. Forgive me. The prodigal son is a great example there. I won't go there, but you understand. He waits for us to come back, to bend back toward him, just like David did. And that's why David was recognized as having a heart toward God. So listen, you don't have to be perfect, but what you have to do is bend toward God. Say that with me. I need to bend toward God. Regardless of the situation you find yourselves in, when it gets dark, when the season of your life, it seems like you can't go on any longer, that's when you bend toward Him. And He will take hold of you. And He will help you walk through it. And He will release His angels about you. Quickly, moving to the New Testament. Like David, the Apostle Paul He had his share of troubles. (laughs) First, he was serving the wrong God. Right? He had power. He was one of the elite in the Jewish temple guard. And he liked it. And he went after Christians with a vengeance. Because he thought they were in the wrong. Enter Jesus. (laughs) Damascus Road. Remember that one? Acts 9. What happened? Well, Saul, that was his name before Paul. Saul, 
Saul, why do you persecute me? And of course, what was his response? Who are you, Lord? <laughs> and after he came out of this experience with the Lord, what happened? He was blind for three days. Now, if Jesus knocked on your door and you had a little conversation with him and then you went blind, do you think you would serve him after that? How many would say yes? How many would say, no, I'd run from him? <laughs> then you'd hit the wall. So, Saul, who became Paul, the Apostle Paul, he decided after that moment that he was serving the wrong God and he began to serve Jesus. And as soon as he changed his allegiance to Jesus, what happened? First of all, the church questioned him because they're like, hey, isn't this the guy that used to throw stones at us? And now he's preaching Jesus. Can we trust him? Nobody trusted him. And then his own started coming after him. In fact, with a vengeance, because they wanted Paul dead. He used to be one of us. Now he's one of them. And a lot of people are following this Jesus guy he's talking about. So they wanted Paul dead. And because of that, he ended up in prison, house arrest, and all kinds of other fun things. Do you think the season of his life was a little bit dark? Maybe. And then we see in 2 Corinthians 7. And I kind of jumped into the middle of this verse. Paul said, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. <laughs> Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Can you hear his heart cry right there? Three different times he begged the Lord to take that thorn away. We don't know what the thorn was. I don't think it was a physical thorn. But whatever it was, it had to have been painful for him to be able to to, for him to say what he's saying here. Each time he said, this is the Lord speaking, each time the Lord said, my grace, say, that with, say it with me, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness. Pastor Roger, you share this all the time. Maybe because you're living proof of it. When you're weak, he's strong, Right? Can you say that with me? When I'm weak, he's strong. And Paul went on, So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. Let me stop there. How many take pleasure in your weaknesses? Anybody else? Should we? Paul's saying we should. Makes you, strong. makes you stronger. Thank you. Well, it makes the Lord stronger anyway, at least the evidence of Him in our lives. And in the insults, listen to the list, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. 
When I am weak, He is strong. So whatever you're going through, whatever season of life, I hope it's a good one for you. But if it isn't, whatever you're having to face in this time of your life, understand that when you're weak, He is strong. When you're weak, God is right there loving on you, helping you to get through to the end where you'll begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're never in this alone. For when I'm weak, He is strong. As I begin to close, go ahead and stand up because I can tell many of you need some blood flowing to your feet. I shared this message today to emphasize that we're never promised a life without problems. In fact, to the contrary, we all are going to face seasons just like there's spring and summer and fall. We love those. And then winter. And what is winter? Everything's dead. It's cold. It's dark. And whatever season you're in, know that you're not in it alone. Not only is God with you, but you have a church that is with you as well. That's why it's so important that we stay together. If you're watching at home, it's so important that we're together. It's when things like this happen, what happened Friday, that it's so important that we lean on each other as well as God. Trust that we've got each other's backs. Trust that somebody's going to find out if we're all right or not. That's what it means to be the body of Christ, to care for one another. And it's when we're, str- we're weak that He is the strongest. Closing this out, and I shared this already, but I wanted to say it again. God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll have no fear. What can mere people do to me? I don't know what you're facing in this season of life. Some of you just went through a literal storm having experienced the tornado in Gaylord. In that moment, I trust that you probably cried out to Jesus. That'd be the smart thing anyway. And now, many are having to rebuild their lives. Everything they had was leveled. It was gone. It's gone from the carnage of that storm. And as the church, we need to step in and help where we can. What God's given you, use it to His glory. Where can you help? Do what you can. Be Jesus. Some of you, your life, (laughs) it's been a tornado. (laughs) Hypothetically speaking, of course. And everything that you've known has been leveled and you're left with a shirt on your back. Know this, you're not alone. God speaks in the darkest seasons. You only need to listen. And He will speak. Do you remember the words that that young man shared in the video toward the end? What did he say? That season of his life 
God spoke softly. He said, it is finished. It is finished. When you get to the end of that season, you're going to hear that it is finished. Don't give up, child. Don't give up on me. I will never give up on you. Trust me that I'm walking with you. That angels are walking with you. In your darkest season, you only need listen. Cry out to Him as David did. In your weakness, let Him know you're struggling. Take time to spend with Him in those moments when your heart is wrenching and you don't know where to turn. Take time just to say, God, I can't do this anymore. Is that okay with God? Can can He handle that? And just know that when you're weakest, that's where God shows up His best. Wrapping it up with this final scripture. Psalm 51, 17. And David said this, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Whatever season you're in, it will end. And the Lord will pick you up. I just want to ask today, if if you're in a season of darkness right now, and you just say, Pastor, would you pray? If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? Thank you. Would would you mind, could I, Pastor Barb, can you come forward, and and, uh, any of you ladies who, who feel, on the prayer team, who feel like the Lord's prompting you, just come forward and, if you would come forward, if, if, you, if you're in that season, I want to pray with you right now, right here. Don't be, don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed, please. We never take anything for granted when God moves. We're not here to judge anybody. And if you would, if anybody else, come on up here. If, if you are in a dark place and you just feel like, Lord, I don't know where to turn. I, I don't know where to cry out but I want you to move in my life right now. Would you gather around this young lady, please? Hallelujah. Anybody else before we move? All right. Would you pray, extend a hand toward these lovely women of God here. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here. We join our hearts and our prayers with them, Lord, whatever they're facing today. We pray that You would encourage them, strengthen them. Lord, remind them of the promises of God that are found in the Scriptures. We pray as we join round them, Lord, and lay hands on them that You would just infuse something from the supernatural into the natural. That You would minister to their spirit, woman, Lord, today in the name of Jesus. And that there would be victories here today. That they would begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. God, that You would just do what only You can do. Let Your Spirit move, Lord, as only You can. Fill them afresh and anew, Lord, with Your Holy Spirit. And Lord, for everyone in this building today, may we continue to be the light to this dark world. May we continue to share the the hope of Jesus, Lord, 
with this very confused world that is in this dark season. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing here with these people. And we just commit them into your hands. They're very successful, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Now help us to be the hands and feet of the Lord as we go out of here today. Keep us safe. Loose angels around us. And those who need it most, Lord, just may your glory just rest upon them today. Those who have been affected, Lord, recently, we just pray that you would encourage them and lift them up. We love you, and we commit this people, the church, the hope in Gillard, Michigan, into your hands. Again, we pray this all in your strong name, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So that concludes our service today. Thank you for being here. And as I said, if, if anybody has an inkling to go help,